This episode of Sports Caffeine is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SC2020. Your balls will thank you. And now, Sports Caffeine. It's time to wake up, recover from last night's mess, and get your fix of Sports Caffeine. It's time to kickstart your day with the latest sports news and opinions. Get ready. Sports Caffeine is live in three, two, one. Hey everyone, this is Nick and I am your host tonight. So it's going to be a very casual episode. So we're going to go ahead and bring in the co-host. We'll bring in L. Bushman, if we still call him that. I don't know. Hello. Did we call you that? Oh, yeah, you called yourself fine. that. So that Good works. evening, everybody. It is uh, Sports Caffeine. At night is better anyways. Hope everybody's having a fantastic Taco Tuesday. What I'm pouring it? it. It is a Beach Bum Tangerine Wheat Ooh. Ale. Yes. As you can see, my near-perfect pour. Oh, Ooh, it's nice, nice and glistening. Hey, hello to you as well. <laughs> I'm having a nice glass of uh, H2O. Uh, water oh, he's a high-quality H2O. That's right. Sponsored hey, by hey, Exit hey. Realty. <laughs> I, I can drink it with two hands, though. So. You're not supposed to say it's sponsored by Exit Realty. That's not a sponsor. One. No, it's not that. us. The cup is sponsored by them. Oh, not the us. oh okay. No, gotcha. clearly not us. Because Paramount Home Group, the best real estate group in the business, would be very upset with us if we. That said was. That. I was waiting for you to plug them right there. I gave you the the, the alley oop for you. The alley oop, and I yeah. did that almost there like Pippin and Pippin and Jordan, like leading the way and scoring. With yeah. Two points. So who go. was the third person with Pippin and Jordan? Uh, it was Horace Grant. Was it Horace Grant? So well, our third. Should, uh, so is, is Kristen our Horace Grant? I think Kristen is our Horace Grant. Uh, so we should have have her put on some goggles when we bring her in. So let's bring on Kristen. I'll take it. Hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because Keegan from Paramount Home Group is mad at me because I did buy my house from Exit Realty, but I, I love oh. it. <laughs> Even but, you know, yeah, no, Paramount Home Group's been doing some awesome stuff on Facebook actually lately, and I've been really proud of some of the interviews and things. So check Paramount Home Group out. But yeah, it's great to see you guys. I'm two shows in like one week for me, so this is exciting. I know that hasn't happened in a long time. So <laughs> I love, I love your back. backdrop. It, it looks like one of the fake Zoom backgrounds. Oh, uh, it's my living room. There's my it's TV so great TV back here. We're mounting Sean's mounting TVs right now. The 82 inch is getting mounted right now as we talk. So Ooh, Sean's that mounting sounds TV. funny. Yeah. Sean getting mounted by an 82 inch. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, Sean's sorry. mounting an 82 inch. <laughs> oh, that's even worse. <laughs> All right, let's bring in the rest of our co-host. Oh, he yeah. is one of the, oh, yeah, the co-hosts. He's one of the co-hosts of Set the Sales Podcast. <laughs> let's bring in James Ludeman. James, going on? Happy Taco Tuesday to you, brother. And please explain to me what is what does your shirt say? By the way, well, it's it's so funny that you ask, and so random to be quite honest with you. Uh, no, it's actually a part of our, our sponsor here, of course, Manscaped, which we had an interesting promo. That voice in the promo sounded so familiar. I can't really put my finger on who it was. Who was that? Uh, I don't know. He sounded so like a, smoky, a, a smooth. Smoothly smooth. It was like it was an like angel. an old old fashioned through a microphone. But today, as a matter of fact, and, and I'll just I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But uh, I I received in the mail a a very 
awesome box from our sponsor from Manscaped. And this is the uh, set of razor right there. It's really nice. As you can hear, it's pretty clean. And is that a uh, flashlight? It, it yeah. is an LED light on here, as a matter of oh, fact. When you go into wow. no man's land, you have to have some guidance. <laughs> yeah, you have to have <laughs> guidance down there because it's uh, it can get a little crazy. Uh, but anyway, but yeah, and to be honest with you, uh, just being real because it's our sponsor. Use some of their product today. It was fantastic. It was awesome, and I definitely recommend anybody who uh, is interested in that stuff um, to definitely get it because it's worth it. Um, and we have that promo code SC2020. It goes a long way for you, so make sure you guys uh, jump on that. And you can see that down below as well. Down low on the ticker. If you go to manscaped.com, get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code SC2020. Yeah. And we'll bring up tomorrow. I think everybody's comes in. James lives in Alabama, so that's why he's yeah, you know, first. He's first to get everything. So bring on our last co-host. He's from the JP Peterson show. Please welcome to the show intern Tony. Tony, what's going on, brother man? Another dollar, my guys. How's it going? Wait, are you getting paid for this? <laughs> I, uh, Meta, uh, cryptocurrency, actually. Oh, okay. you're you're mining, okay. Let's <laughs> wow. just make it clear. I was like, if I'm Dennis Rodman, by the way. If anybody asks, <laughs> I was gonna say Tony Kukoc, but all right, that's that Rodman's slick fade. Yeah, he definitely got the Kukoc look going. Yeah, yeah you got the European look. look. Yeah. Who faded I'll you? Take out? Give a shout out. <clears throat> I'll take it. So we have a great show for uh, for you guys tonight. Of course, you can stream uh, fan, uh, Sports Caffeine on FanStreamSports.com and also make sure you download the app. You can stream us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Google Play. We've got two guests tonight. Uh, Nick, I'm going to let you bring in our first guest, and we also have Kevin Weiss from Locked on Rays coming on at 8.50 to talk about the Tampa Bay Rays, which are beating your Atlanta Braves right now. Who would have thought we'll into, we'll get into the first game uh, after our first guest. So if you want to bring him in, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, come on, Jay. Jay, Jay Gauz. My kindergarten pal that I kind of remember. I, I just saw your name one day and had to add you on Facebook, and then I, I confirmed it. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. How are y'all doing? Doing great. Thanks for coming on. Uh, so I just it surprised the hell out of me when I, I saw that somebody that I, I went to kindergarten with uh, managed to make it up to Pro Ball at any sort of level. So I obviously had to add you as a friend. And then I also had to take your money when I won that bet on the Super Bowl. So sorry yeah. about that. I remember I looked back at a Venmo and I I ain't had Venmo <laughs> since then. And I was like, oh man, I lost in the Super Bowl bet and I had it. I don't know what it was, hundred dollars, seventy five bucks, but it's, I don't know. Cam, yeah, Cam Newton wasn't doing you any favors. Oh yeah, oh it was back when Cam Newton. You know I'm a Panthers yeah, fan, yeah. Cowboys fan, but oh yeah, I, I lost a lot of money messing around with Cam Newton. For sure, Ed. Well, I just kind of wanted to bring you on to talk about some of your experiences and, and what you faced, you know, after we split ways after somewhere in elementary school and, and what your journey was like. Because uh, I know that you were you were picked by the Astros. I can't remember what year exactly it was. but Oh, uh, yeah, I was drafted by the Astros out of college in 2014. I was drafted out of high school also by the Cleveland Indians, and I turned that down and ended up going the college route. Thought that was the best opportunity for me, for sure. I would say you also I saw that there was a recovery from the injury, and that's that's really what got my attention to you uh, from you is that I kind of wanted to feel like I can get it back as well. So hearing that you now are we're signing with the Somerset Patriots after the injury that you you faced in your journey from 2014, is what what all has happened in between? I couldn't really find too much about it, so. Oh, man, my baseball world has been up and down ever since I got drafted. Um, um, coming out of the draft, I was a pretty high prospect, um, pretty guy, organization, uh, organizational guy. 
Um, threw pretty hard. I was up at 98, 99 when I was out of college, so that was pretty up there. Um, had some tough arm injuries when I was in pro ball. I dropped from 98 to probably like 85, but I still was out there trying to compete. Um, ended up getting released. Um, we couldn't figure it out. A lot of MRIs, a lot of seeing the therapist, nothing happened. Um, so I took a mental break and I took a physical break on my body for about a year. Um, I was at 85, end up going to New York for a little tryout for an independent league. And uh, I was like 95, 96 again. And I'm like, oh, snap, I, I got it back a little bit. But and what was the time frame in between that? Um, it was about a year and a half I took off. I, I was working okay. at a nuclear plant in, um, throughout the USA. So I, I thought I was going to have to clock in every day. But um, baseball still was on my mind. And my mom pushed baseball for me a lot. So I had to go back into it. You gotta love when mom pushes you to do what you love. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that sounds like the college route worked out for you too, as well, because working in a nuclear plant's definitely not something that most people can say they do. So no, not at all. People be kind of sketched out when they find out I worked in a nuclear plant. Like it's very dangerous. But man, you got to make money somehow. You got yeah. everybody wants power too. Yeah, I mean, you're doing a great service for the people there too. Clean energy, it's great. But yeah. moving into that, into the, I mean, I know that your league right now is shut down, the Atlantic League, until further notice with with everything that's going on with COVID. Um, I wanted to ask you about what you thought, how MLB is handling COVID. Um, I feel MLB is they've been handling it as best as they can. Um, I know it's more everybody wants to push for baseball, 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 or any sport in general, but. The biggest concern is our health. Um, it's hard to tell, you know what I mean, 35 players to huddle up in one spot and play, you know what I mean, a baseball game and not have any conflict like the Marlins are having right now. Um, mm -hmm. COVID, I, I feel it's going to be here for a while, but our players might have to stay away. Just train as best as you can and stay ready. That's all I can say. Jay, I want to ask you about how, you know, Rob Manfred, I think since the beginning of COVID, he's really looked like a, a bumbling, stumbling idiot. Do you think he's a stooge right now the way he's been really handling COVID-19? I mean, I know he came out today about, you know, people are just kind of saying, oh, that the season might be canceled because the Marlins are a bunch of dummies for going, you know, getting getting tested positive. But like it's their own fault for doing that. Do you think he's he's really been handling this well as as commissioner of baseball or he's just looking like a deer in headlights when it comes to these types of things? I think it could have been handled a little better. I feel like uh, the NBA has a bubble system, so I felt like the the MLB could have had a bubble system. Everybody could have played in Florida or Arizona. Um, it's just hard to let people fly daily New York to Houston and Houston to uh, Seattle and not people get exposed to COVID. So I pray for the players, and I know they're just trying to make some money and, and enjoy their game, but right now it's probably not the best for us to be traveling. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the the players' association is is had an issue with the bubble concept. I think that they couldn't get the approval agreed upon there. It's almost at a point where if if it does get worse, maybe it would have been better to not have the season. But I mean, NBA and uh, hockey look like they're going to make it work for now. But oh, James got a question. Yeah, I do. And and this is look, I'm a stats guy, so just to tell you, I, I love statistics. And even looking at your uh, career here, you know, notice. Uh, a couple of years ago, 10 wins, you know, you've had some success. Can you tell us maybe what the difference is between, uh, you know, kind of an independent league and then maybe something like, you know, a minor league type system? Is there any kind of difference between the two or is it really all the same thing? 
Well, let me tell you, a lot of people look down on the independent leagues. If you look, there's several independent leagues, but Atlantic League and American Association are at the top of the leagues, okay? Um, I have been – I've been through the minor league system. I loved it, but nobody treated me like these, the Atlantic League from – there was very um, – um, I can't know how to really say it, but they was just – they were very welcoming, and they brought us in. People don't understand that. The, most of the rosters are 60% MLB guys that probably played in 2019 or 18 in the Atlantic League. So say if you're a guy that's, you know what I mean, an organizational guy that's made it to the big leagues, they're not going to send you back to triple A and double A. They're going to get release you. And what happens to these guys? They don't have nowhere to fall to. So they come to the uh, Atlantic League or they go to the Mexican League, Taiwan, Japan, anywhere that they can play international. So uh, one one more for me, uh, and this is kind of just a fun one because I like to ask kind of a, a more serious one, but then a fun one at the same time. Uh, so let, let's say you're in the game, two outs, bottom of the ninth, two strikes. doesn't matter who the batter is. What are you throwing? Change-up, 100% change-up. I'm known for it. Love it. Best it. pitch in baseball, man. It really is. And you know what? Just to bring up that point just for a second for Nick, uh, my boy Glass now throwing a 94-mile-an-hour uh, changeup last night against the Braves. But anyway, thank I you. That, that, was, that yeah. was a great answer. Yeah. Changeup helps. It, you know, It's nice when you have a 99-mile-an-hour fastball to complement the changeup. Otherwise, you just get smacked around a little bit like me. But... So, Jay, uh, I, I do love that the Indians drafted you. But it's my hometown team. Sorry that you had to turn that down, but I'm sure education is important. But I, I've been talking to the guys about the shortened season. What do you think about the shortened season? Do you think this World Series should have an asterisk? Or do you think this World Series is actually more like a harder World Series to obtain than in a regular year when you have 182 games? Do you, what, do you, um, what is your thoughts on that? I feel that there shouldn't be a World Series this year, as, as much as people say that. Uh, there's 160 games in a season, and you're only going to play 60 games. There's 100 games that you're missing out on injuries, you know what I mean, players getting hot, teams getting hot, plays a role in that. And I don't think 60 games proves uh, who is the best player or best team for the year. Um, so if you were in the major leagues right now, would you play or would you opt to sit out like a lot of the other players have with this I pandemic? Would, I, would, I probably would play. I would 100% okay. play. Okay. I love that. I love that you want to be there for your team. So it's nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on today. You too. Hey, man. So getting back into the rest of everything else, uh, something that's uncomfortable for most to talk about. But when it comes to the racial issues in this country and the way that the major league sports uh, across the board have had to handle it, it's something that people are forced to talk about now. So seeing the the way that NASCAR has handled it uh, with their statements and, and standing behind Bubba and the NFL has done what the NFL does and with MLB showing their solidarity. Uh, with the the Black Lives Matter on the patch of the jersey and everyone kneeling before the games, is that something that you see as a positive move, or is it more of a you think the major league sports are just doing it because it, right now they're forced into it, or do you see that there's real change being made? Um, I feel there's change being made, um, sort of for some players. Um, now you take the African American players from in the '70s and the '80s, there was like 40 percent in the MLB. Now that you see it that there's only 7% African-Americans in the MLB right now. You're, I ain't saying it, but you're, most of your best players are African-Americans. So more of our American guys are being taken out by our Latino guys. You see it every day, Okuna and then um, Puig and all these other players just replace the African-American players. So 
Um, my grandparents and older guys have more passion about baseball than my generation does. So I feel that like as a whole, as black guys, that we need to come together, either create our own league or have more guys in the MLB. I got you. So what kind of, you know, paths do you think that could be created to help that happen? Because baseball is an expensive sport. I mean, by the time that you get it, you go through a game, you can go through 15, 20 baseballs easy and cleats, gloves, everything. It wears out and the kids grow so fast, man. I can't even imagine how much my parents spent. So yes. uh, I, I, as in coaching kids, I try to make it reasonable for the parents to afford it. Um, it's just so hard um, having single parents come out and try to play the role what other parents are doing and that have money or privileged. Um, most guys that you see in baseball come from money. They do. If you see an African-American guy, they usually come from a little bit of money or a good background, too. Not saying that the football and basketball don't come from good backgrounds. Um, baseball is not affordable for single parents at all. It ain't affordable. Um, cost, cost of travel. Everything is, is just too much. When we came along, when we was in the 90s, we had Little League Baseball. That was the mm -hmm. big thing. Everybody played Little League Baseball. You don't see Little League Baseball no more. Everybody is on these elite travel ball teams that play either in Jupiter, Florida, Mar uh, Marietta, Georgia, uh, North Carolina, the USA Park. And that costs money for parents to travel, support their teams, and it's just not reasonable. So. Jay, Jay, you took the, <clears throat> the words right out of my mouth. I was just about to bring up, like, when I grew up, we had – Little leagues everywhere. It was like there was like five little leagues in one area where I grew up at in Brainton, Florida. And, you know, when you said about travel ball, it's like, yeah, travel ball has now become the big thing because that's where scouts start to look at, you know, new players they haven't been seen before because now, you know, all these traveling teams are going state to state. And I, I think that kind of it, 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 it takes away the, the homegrown players when you're doing the travel ball thing because you're not being able to go to those different neighborhoods where those hometown talents could be right then and there. And you take the little leagues away because there's no funding and people can't afford it. And I think that's just a shame too, because I think little league brings a, a special Americana when it comes to playing baseball. I think travel ball just takes a little bit away from it because of all the money that you have to spend on it, the travel and, and you know, parents that can't travel with the team can't see their, their kids play. It, it, it's really a shame. It is. It is. Um, I don't know where we can fix it at. I don't know how to make baseball more affordable. Um, I'm trying to do it by myself, trying to help out our players. Um, but it's just tough, man. A baseball bat is $400. A baseball glove is $250. A pair of clique or is $100. But if I want to play football or basketball, all I need is a pair of shoes or a pair of cleats, and I'm good to go. You know what I mean? Most well, maybe this pan—I'm oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I say maybe this pandemic—they can't travel now. Maybe you do have to do YouTube videos of you, you know, hitting balls and you in a field ground catching ground balls and stuff. Maybe this will be something that can change that because these kids are definitely not traveling. I don't know. I'm not putting my kids on a plane. I don't have any, but if I did, they're not going on a plane anywhere. So she doesn't have any kids. <laughs> you, you would be surprised. Yeah. There's more travel teams that right now that's traveling more than the MLB team. We got really? a couple. Of yeah, very surprised. We got a couple players in my team in Charlotte in the last two or three weeks have been down to Florida two times to play baseball. Wow. Um, so the travel and for the little kids are still going like 100%. Um, I'm coaching every weekend trying to prevent COVID, but we live in a world that we just can't sit back and just, just relax and the kids want to play. That's That's the biggest thing. Hey, man, adults want to play too because I'm doing this <laughs> adult baseball league and yeah. we're wearing a mask while we're out there playing and 
I mean, we're doing what we have to do to adhere to the park rules. And I mean, granted, we're just a bunch of old men. We're not that important. You know, yeah. the kids are out there as well. So, so you said you're, you're, you're coaching these kids. Where are you coaching these kids at? What it, what it's the facility what, you're at? So, so for the facility, we're taking them outside because most parents do not want to be closed in with a lot of kids right now. So we have an outside field that most of the time we're trained out in Charlotte, but we have an inside field inside of Charlotte called uh, Trifecta. And that's where I'm coaching out of. Perfect. Trifecta in Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. You guys yeah, Google trifecta. that. Yeah. They're doing the right thing. It sounds like. Yes. So, yeah, I'm trying awesome. to take care of kids. That's awesome. Hey man. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, we'll get you out of here. Uh, anytime that you want to hop on and talk baseball or and we'll keep up with uh, your career with the Patriots next year, hopefully when the season resumes and we'll check in with you. All right. Thanks man. Take care. Yeah, thanks Jay. You too. Thank you Jay. So before Dude. we bring our, our next guest on and sorry, I was doing this cause there was a fly that was buzzing around my face. Um, you know, what's the score of the Braves-Rays game right now, guys? What's the score? Oh, it's 5-1. to one. Oh, it's 5-1. to 5-1. So what happened last night? Why? What happened last night? How many no, Ks did no, we no, have? What happened? It's why. How many Ks? 19 Ks? 19 Ks. Because Glasnow is a monster. I don't care if I'm a Braves fan <laughs> or not. I appreciate it. He had nine alone. 19 Ks, Nick. He's 19. a monster. When you throw a 94 mile an hour change up, you're a how, monster. How many runs did did we score last night? I don't even care. I went how to bed. <laughs> you went to bed. And what what inning did you go to bed? It was like the seventh. Oh, okay. So our next guest, he is the host of Locked On Rays podcast, which you can find on fanstreetsports.com and also the app. Please welcome to the show the host of uh, Locked On Rays is Kevin Weiss. Kevin, what's going on, brother? Welcome back to the show. How are you? Good, good. Just hanging in there, trying to. Uh... Honestly, I didn't know what the score was until now because I'm watching the game uh, on a little bit of delay. So uh, now I have to fast forward, I guess, a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. Didn't mean to spoil Spoiler, it for you. Spoiler, but... yeah. It's all, go, good. it's all good. <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to get everybody's thoughts on opening weekend, the MLB. I know the Rays uh, had a shaky you know, series against the Toronto Blue Jays. I know myself, I was a little bit concerned in our, our private chat. I was just, you know, writing them off already, but uh, they, they tend to change my mind when I talk crap about them. Uh, so, Kevin, I wanted to get your thoughts first. You know, the opening series up until now, they took it to Atlanta last night. Now they're beating them again tonight. Uh, you know, the, the guy next to me has an Atlanta Braves hat. So, thoughts on the opening series against Toronto, and then let's, let's go up into the point right now against the Braves. Yeah, I mean, the team is is looking like in midseason form. I mean, the, the good thing is, I mean, just looking at last night's game, the fact that uh, the bats are live, and, and let's remember, that's without Austin Meadows. Austin Meadows has yet to have an at-bat for this team so far. So that should be a pretty good sign uh, going forward. Um, again, I, I think that as what, what we're looking at right now is a team that definitely has the potential to – uh, even with the 16-team playoff, at the very least, make the playoffs. But I think they they're destined to go further. I mean, deep playoff run, possibly World Series. That that's all um, that's all within the question as of right now. Um, of course, uh, you know, the, hopefully the Marlins don't screw it up for everybody. I mean, that'd be nice because we're getting on a roll. The, the Rays are playing well. Um, you just hope that things don't get shut down or get delayed or or a bunch of games get canceled. But um, luckily for the team, I think uh, they've got the maturity and foresight to tell their players that, okay, for two months, you, you, you don't have to go clubbing for two months. You, you, can, <laughs> you can do that in the offseason. You can wait till after the season. Um, don't do anything stupid. You have something to play for this year. Whereas like a team like the Marlins, for example, they've got nothing to play for this year. So it, it doesn't necessarily surprise me that uh, they've got uh, a ton of positive cases um with that but i mean i i'm liking what i'm seeing so far all across the board i mean 
last night's game, the 14-5 win, uh, was extremely encouraging and extremely exciting against the Braves team, which they, they've got similar destination. They've got they've got they're on a similar track uh, as the Rays um, this year. So, um, you know, I I don't know what else to say. Otherwise, I'm, I've been thoroughly impressed, uh, pretty much all around with the team so far. Any concern for Charlie Morton and and Blake Snell? Charlie looked a little shaky in the first game against Toronto, and then Blake, eh, kind of not so much in game two. Any concerns with them going forward, or are they just kind of shaking off the rust a little bit? Yeah, I, I think you know Charlie. He'll, I'm I'm confident he'll ultimately get back. I think Blake Snell is another case, and I've I've kind of been um, harping on Blake Snell this entire offseason um, so far. I, I don't think he really wants to play this year. I don't think his heart's necessarily in it. I think it was more of a decision by um, his uh, his agent and and some of the decision makers around him of okay, we, we can't make the bad optics of. Uh, talking about getting your money and the Rona and everything like you got to show up and play. Um, and I think it was uh, a pretty bad sign that he only lasted two innings and, and 46 pitches where, whereas you look like you, you look at a guy like Tyler glass now and uh, he, he pitched 70 plus pitches, four plus innings, nine strikeouts. Um, and he had COVID-19. He had the virus and, and was out for a couple couple weeks. Blake Snell hasn't had the virus um, as far as I know. Um, I just don't think he was preparing or working out or, uh, doing what he was expected to do. Yeah, he was playing the video game. Sorry. He has, he has, uh, this, he has the uh, arthritis. That's the kind yeah, of his, his, his thumbs are good. I'm sure he's got calluses on his thumbs. I don't know about his uh, his fingertips or anything like that. Like, again, I just think Blake Snell, for like the last four months, has just been uh, sitting in his den, playing video games, and drinking Frappuccinos. Like, that's what I think he's been doing the last four months. His fingertips still have Cheeto dust on them. Yeah, I mean, probably. Sean was mentioning like it's got to be weird playing, but the Rays never played in front of fans, anyways, so they have a huge advantage. <laughs> I mean, huge advantage. Uh, uh, I'm yeah. not even kidding. Like the track is quiet. That's the low hanging fruit. Where's the, the mute button? The very first time I ever went to the trap, I went to an Indians versus uh, Rays game, but but I was just moving to Florida in 2007, and somebody told me to shush. They shushed me. Like, not because I was, like, screaming loudly, because it was, like, a library in there. So it is very quiet. I honestly think the Rays may have an advantage. Not even joking. I think that it's quiet in the trap. It's a dome stadium. They might have an advantage with this, where they're used to this kind of honestly, thing. I agree. Yeah, they don't. Okay. No, I yeah, agree. Jokes, you, jokes you aside, I agree with, yeah, jokes, <laughs> jokes aside, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Also, if we look at it from, like, a gamesmanship perspective, just the fact of – if you looked at uh, the game last night, the 14-5 victory – like a lot of those Braves defenders had trouble with the trop lighting and mm-hmm. and kind of seeing where the balls would land. I know uh, Acuna had trouble, Freddie Freeman, um, Ciarte was another guy. Um, I think that's something that could play to the Rays' advantage, especially against these NL East teams. Like uh, I, I'd have to look at the schedule. I'm not sure which uh, which other NL East teams visit the trop. I, I want to say the well, of course the Phillies. Marlins, but I, yeah, the Phillies. And maybe the Nationals, too. Okay. So, at least for maybe the first game or two of those series, that could be a pretty big inherent advantage. And that, that could wind up being a run here or there and could could make the difference because those teams just aren't used to playing in the trop and, and dealing with the trop. I mean, it's it, it definitely does. If you're in a Rays uniform, I think it plays to a, a much more of a home field advantage than people think besides the fact, of course, that, that fans won't be in the stands and, and the Rays are used to that. I mean, I remember last year there was a game against the Orioles, 5,000 fans in the seats, like ridiculous. 
Like my high school basketball games had more fans. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, who would have thought it would take a global pandemic to make the trap a valuable stadium for playing? You know, it was kind of funny on the post-game interviews with Hunter Renfro. Renfro was saying he was, he's trying to get adjusted to the dome because he's used to playing outside in San Diego. And we've already seen that already with him. His fielding isn't that uh, up to par just yet. I mean, of course, he had two home runs last night. James, you were shaking your head. What were you shaking your head about? Because I don't agree with any of you. None of you. <laughs> I agree with none of you. The problem is with Stu Sternberg, it's not the Rays' fault. It's not the city of St. Pete's fault. It's the ownership of the Tampa Bay Rays. It's their fault. They are the ones who don't want to contribute to this community. They don't want to do a new stadium. They want to go to Montreal. It's their stupid fault. And that's my and that's my mindset as being a fan since 1998, game one. I was there. I have been I have not been an Indians fan that just decided to show up to a game <laughs> one day. I am a fan that has been there. I'm not a Braves fan whose team lost 14 to 5 last night. I am a Rays fan that has been there since day one. And the problem with this team is the city doesn't take them seriously because ownership doesn't take them seriously, and they're going to be gone in 2027. That, is that kind of like karma to the Sternbergs, though? Like, uh, we'll, we'll win with no fans. We don't need fans. Go screw but yourself. Here's the thing. They, have, they have fans. And, and listen, I know. I yes, 5,000 yeah, fans, fans is, is pathetic. I agree with you on that. But here's the thing. Locally, where the stadium is located, they're not going to draw people. And, and, it's, and it's last year, the TV numbers were out of out of out of control last the year. TV like, the TV numbers are like the best major league yeah. baseball. That's yeah, that's the, the other side of it. This certainly did escalate quickly. Oh, it did because <laughs> there's not a lot of things that I get peeved about when what? people use the same joke uh, 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 the Rays every year. They're one listen, of the best teams in baseball. No, but right, listen, so let's this. let's no. reel it back. Let's reel it back. Well, I want to I want to ask one question about the stadium okay, and the, and the, the small sample size of people. Like you said, if five thousand people are in the stands for a game, and it's, granted the average is going to fluctuate, they're pumping in stadium noise anyway. I don't know what level the stadium noise is at. So the way the ball is coming off the bat in the trop, it sounds like freaking thunder or like Zeus is just coming through. It's crazy. Renfro is just like sending chills down my spine. So with that, it rattles the other pitcher. I think 110% when Fulton Evich threw his first home run, it came off the bat and it made a sound unlike anything he ever heard at Truist Park. God, that sounded weird. Yeah, I think, but, I think it was the pills he was on too. Uh, that possibly. <laughs> wow. It's definitely demoralizing. I'll say this. I, I actually like the trop. I don't like the location, but I like watching games in air conditioning and not having rain delays. So that, that's just yep. my perspective on that. I, I will say that the Montreal plan probably looks a little bit tougher now with the with the pandemic, I mean, if Toronto can't even play in their their own home country, uh, you know, it, it makes you want to think about, you know, how how much longer is this virus going to go on, and if it's going to impact um, the raise plans, if at all, or are they still going to move forward with that plan, or are they going to move to say Nashville or another market entirely? I don't want to think about that though. I want to think about the raise uh, in the Tampa Bay area and winning baseball games, quite personally. So, Kevin, so thought, quick, uh, well, I have a question for you. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, Kevin, quick question. Uh, out of all the first basemen that the Rays used with Kevin Cash's skills as a manager, um, who do you think would be is the best option for to play first base for the rest of the season? Hmm. There's so many guys. Um, I mean, G-Man Choi is looking like he can handle the job as of right now, and he's now turning out to be a switch hitter too. So. Oh, for three tonight uh, too, by the way. Hey, you oh. can hit dingers from both sides. 
That's all I care about, man. That is true. Yeah. And he, he's making more. He's making stops. He's making stops defensively too. Um, really, I mean, here's the thing about playing first base. You just need you big guy with <laughs> that, that can catch a ball. Like it's not. It's not rocket science. It's not that hard. You just stick the biggest guy there that. Okay, he can stand on his two feet, and you know he can put his his left or right arm out in front. It, it's done. It's there's not he really like, a lot of skill. He just made an error. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather see him than Jose Martinez at the position. I, I don't want to yep, see what that, what that play would look like. Really, you don't like Jose? Oh. Come on. I like Jose. I don't like him defensively. Like, Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I like him maybe as a small forward, but not a first baseman. He's just so long. I just feel like he, he should naturally be good at it. But like all the things you said are correct. It doesn't. Yeah, but could you imagine him like trying to reach over, reach down to for a ground ball or something like that? Like, he, he reminds me of the noodle just, arm yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, G-Man Choi last year when he was playing first, he made a, he made a lot of really good defensive plays over there to save a lot of things. So, uh, look, I think G-Man Choi is your guy. I, look, he's not he's not going to hit. You know, to me, he's not going to hit thirty home runs in a year. There's just no way. But I think if he can get 15 to 20 and play defensively at first base the way he did last year, I, I think it's a no-brainer to go with him. No, he's he's solid. And the Rays have never been a team that, like, has that stud – or not recently, that's had, like, a stud first baseman that's going to hit you 40 yeah. bombs. And, I mean, as long as he, he gets you an 800 OPS at the end of the day, that's really all you can ask for. We know the Rays are going to mix and match. And um, even though, like, by the looks of him, he doesn't look like – totally athletic he's more nimble than people think too kevin yeah. did you forget about sir carlos pena at first base oh, no. I, mean, I said recently it's been oh, a while okay okay, okay. Pena suited it up. all right so guys i, I thought... like to forget a guy hitting under the mendoza line too. Like, <laughs> he had like 140 one year uh, or something. it was it was lower than that it was like yeah, 130 yeah. <laughs> all right so let's bring it back opening weekend i want your everybody's thoughts on we had a bunch of games that went to extra innings did you like the extra innings setup did you like how they ended uh i'm gonna go around nick i'm gonna go with you first did you like the extra innings, uh, you know, rule that they have now? I love it because there's no reason to have to sit up and watch seven innings of of just slow as shit baseball. Like so, having it, it. I mean, obviously, since our team was the first team to really have to deal with it, and Swanson, you know, killed it. I love it. But even if we'd lost in that game, I think I'd still feel the same way about it. Um, I, I absolutely loved it. And the Rays were actually one of the first two. They, you know, they dealt with that with Toronto. So um, I love the I love the mentality of it because there is a lot of, of strategic play that goes into it. Now, granted, um, the rule is is that it's the last, I think the last position out or something specific like that. But there I think there's still a lot to it. And one of the things quickly I'll bring up is, you know, if you're the home team. Do you bunt if you're down by one? Do you bunt to get the guy over to third and then hope for the best? Uh, if you're the away team, do you bunt? I don't think you bunt if you're the away team. So there's a lot of strategy that goes into something like that, especially depending upon how the score looks. If the score is you're down by one, you got to get that guy home no matter what. If you're tied, you can play with it a little bit. So it kind of reminds me of when they changed hockey to three on three overtime. Uh, it makes it more exciting, it makes it more fun, and it does make things go faster. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, it's been I, I love strategy. I love adding uh, intellect to uh, sports because the smartest people do shine. Uh, so with that being said, uh, I do love it. Uh, I just hope that no one else gets COVID uh, and we can see more of it to come. We're going to skip Kristen because Kristen's been busy and moving into a new house and she hasn't yeah. had time to, to watch any sports. So, Kevin, I'll, I'll go end with you. I didn't know how I'd feel going into it, but I love the extra inning 
rule, and I think it's going to be here to stay. I don't know if they'll if MLB will keep it as it is. Maybe they go with like a modified approach of okay, tenth inning is straight up like normal extra innings, and then eleventh inning, if you guys are still tied, then we go to the runner on second. But I'm just so over four hour baseball games. I mean, we saw like a six hour baseball game last year between I think the Rays and the Twins, and nobody wants that or needs that. And for the team that loses, they got to get get up and play the next day. And it's part of a 162 game season. Like it's just, and we see what the NHL has done, college football has done. Like let's get this thing moving along, and and let's finish the games. And still, and immediately, it, it becomes a high leverage situation. It's pressure on the pitcher. It's pressure on the catcher to keep the ball in front of them. Uh, there's like James mentioned, a lot of strategy involved. Do you do you do you try to steal third and then and try to go with a, a bunt or a sacrifice fly? Do you try to get as many as possible? I mean, there's a lot of different things you can do with that there. I I, I like the rule personally. I know uh, my co-host on the podcast is a big, isn't a big fan of it. He's more of a baseball lifer, uh, boomer type, if you will, when it comes to these things. But I, I, I've i said before, like we should just cut baseball to 125 games, expand playoffs to 16 teams. Uh, and like, let, let's go for a total revolution here and, and make it to where – You've got um, – I, I just never see the point of, like, there, there's so much meaningless baseball played in, in August and September and everything with teams that have no shot to make the playoffs. Like, let, let's make it more interesting uh, for more fan bases and keep more franchise like, give more franchises a chance to, to make the playoffs instead of, like, what's happening is you've got all these teams trying to tank and, okay, we're on a, a, on a five-year rebuilding plan, and it just makes for non-competitive baseball. I'm, I'm just for more – for more interest in the game. And I think this is a really good way to do that too. Like you, we've already watched nine innings. We've watched a three hour game. You really want to watch what could be like another hour, an hour and a half. I want to go to bed. I'm sorry. Like, no, I, I love the rule. I'm, I'm all for it. For sure. I, I remember going, I went to the drop a few years ago and they played the Red Sox and they went 18 innings and I stayed all 18 innings. And by that time it was, uh, I think almost one o'clock by the time the game, the game got over with. And I was like, Oh, I, I still got to work tomorrow. What well, the hell? El, Bush, El Bushman kind of stole my thunder because this is the manscape question of the evening <laughs> speed round manscape, which you can use the code SD 2020 and manscape.com to get a 20% discount and free shipping. Look at you, speed, James. Speed round, speed round real quick. Uh, we'll go around. El Bushman already ruined this game. Thanks a lot. Uh, real quick. What is the longest major league baseball game that you have attended? I'll so first, mine was 22 innings at a Rays game one time. Wow. 22. Oh, man. So what's the longest you've ever been at a Major League Baseball game? Tony, go ahead. 14 innings, Tropicana Field. All right, Kristen? I, I couldn't even tell you. Maybe 11 or 12. I don't have the patience for that. Right. <laughs> I, I probably laughed. I, have no, I couldn't even tell you. Kristen's right, usually in the car by like the seventh inning, so she doesn't usually. Like, run. We go. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, I do love sports, but yeah, I. I, I, don't I would be I too do. if I was an Indians fan. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I think I actually the last extra inning games I was in, BJ Upton <laughs> hit a game-winning home run against the Cleveland Indians. I had an Indians hoodie on. And I took it off, and I had an Evan Longoria T-shirt on on <laughs> And I think it was like brought to you by Manscaped, which you Kevin, go ahead. I couldn't even tell you, but I will say, uh, growing up in Louisville, attending Louisville Bats games, the the AAA affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds, um, we always left after the sixth inning. 
to beat traffic coming home. We had season tickets. We we always let no matter what, we always left after the sixth inning. No, you don't leave a minor yeah. league game early. Okay. They and have then, the tire toss. You throw the balls into the tire. <laughs> and you, yeah. the you don't but leave you, when the game's over. You listen to it on the radio with your dad on the way home, and then your dad's swearing at the radio the whole time. That's true. Yeah. There you go. Nick, last one real quick. I think it was 13 innings at Turner Field. Okay. There you go. Well, Kevin, right. thanks for coming on the show. Like we appreciate that. it. You can find Locked on Rays at Locked on Rays on Twitter. And, of course, you can uh, stream them live on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and FanStreamSports.com. Kevin, appreciate you coming on the show, man. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye, Kevin. Thank you. Dude, right. I'm, I'm scared of the Rays. Yeah, you should, you should be. be. You should be. Yep. You should be scared of the Rays because they're actually – Really, really good. Can we can we talk about football now? Since yeah, I was just about to say, <laughs> 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 they like the Rays. Uh, I don't talk about before, before we go and get into the NFL, the score is still five to one, and we are on the uh, top of the but seventh. Two outs. Was, two outs. The timing could not have been any fucking better. As he's like, yeah, I like what G Man Choi's been doing in the field. He, he fucking had an air mails one to Kiermaier. <laughs> oh, how do you think? How do you think I feel? You know, like I've been making. I made fun of Kiermaier. Get the game winning hit. James Haludovic makes fun of Renfro, gets two home runs. Literally, we think G-Man Choi should be starting first base, gets an error. He's 0 for 3. He'll probably get a home run when he's next up. I will publicly apologize to Hunter Renfro for being so – I don't know what the word is – being so critical, I guess, of him. I think that's a fair word. But we're in the we're in the race we're in the race trailer uh, doing season tickets for spring training that was a thing uh, a few months ago and I remember we were talking about Hunter Renfro and he wanted to step up and be a leader of this team because mm-hmm. you know they did lose a lot of leadership there and he wanted to be so I think maybe we'll see that also speaking of the race trailer we got those cool little like gator things that for masks that are great now that we didn't know at the time we were gonna have a pandemic. And Sean wears it everywhere because it's the only mask that fits him. And he's a Dodgers fan. And everyone's Ooh. like, hey, raise up. And he's like, go Dodgers. <laughs> it's, it's been awesome. Sean's been rocking some race gear. So let's go race. How's Mookie Betts doing? Does anybody know how he's doing? I thought he, I thought he was doing well. I know he's doing all right. well. Yeah. You I mean, gotta stay up until two a.m. Yeah, you gotta stay up a lot so for a while to watch those games. Well, thanks for our guest Jay and also uh, Kevin Weiss from Lockdown Rays coming on the show. So let's transition into the NFL. A lot has been going on in the NFL this past couple of weeks. A lot of players been opting out and not playing. Marquise Goodwin is another one of the players that said today he is not going to play football this year. A couple of the Patriots players have been opting out, so it's been rampant. Um, do you think? More and more players are going to be starting to do this. Do you think any star players are going to be opting out, or we, or are we just going to say the show must go on and we're and we're going to have football no matter what? I can Bill Belichick opt out. Is my question. Uh, apparently, <laughs> fine. apparently, you have no Tom Brady. Yeah, you have no High Tower. You have no Chong. You have none of these. Like the Patriots are. Um, I think it's going to be business as usual. Again, we're seeing with baseball traveling is hard, but. But in football, I understand it's a pandemic, and I know that people are getting on people. Oh, money is not important, um, or money is important, more important than health and stuff. But I think it, you can do a bubble in Tampa with your guys, and they travel on a private jet to another bubble. That you know, it is going to be hard, but I, I think I don't see football giving up on it. I just, really don't. Just, just tell them not to go to strip clubs like the Miami Marlins. And yeah. what strip clubs are open? That's the other thing. Like they're like, don't go clubbing. I'm like, I'd like to go clubbing. Can someone tell me where there's a club? Because I have Miami, to wear a Miami mask. has no rules. Drive through strip clubs. No, the strip club was apparently in Atlanta, and I want to know if the strippers were wearing masks. That's 
That's the question. Miami doesn't have rules. They don't play by the same system you and I do. Uh, Dwayne Lindo. Well, Dwayne Lindo only says that because he's terrible at fantasy football, and that's why he does fantasy football. It's great to have Dwayne. We haven't had, we haven't seen Dwayne in a long time because I know he's he's not down here anymore. So yeah, so, we miss you, Dwayne. I thought so there was a, we've also been locked in our houses, but there was a lot of talk that Peter King came out today with kind of a uh, a statement saying that the league might review the Super Bowl site in Tampa because of the the hotbed of what what Florida is as being a COVID site. Um, do, do you think the league might change the Super Bowl site or will they keep it the same? Because they, I guess they have until October to, to figure out if they're going to move the Super Bowl or not. Do you think this this might happen or do you think Tampa is safe and we're going to have the Super Bowl this year? I, I okay. I want to jump in on this first just because I was I've been to Tampa a couple times. My sister lives up, lives up there, and the infrastructure they've been building for the last two years for this Super Bowl. I mean, they have, there's cranes, there's parking lots, there's parking garages, new hotels. I mean, two years worth of stuff. Tampa has to fight for this. I mean, I'm thinking from everything I'm hearing, there's going to be a vaccine probably by the end of the year, beginning of, or end of this year, beginning of next year. Hopefully, let's all pray for that. Um, but I, Tampa has to have this. I mean, it's since the money they've spilled billions and billions of dollars. Would they get it back again? Because I know Super Bowls are lined up for the next few years. I, I'm thinking if if it doesn't happen this year, will they have to switch the site? They'll have to bring it back because next year it's in Arizona. Is it in Arizona next year? I think, or is it somewhere else? Is it Las Vegas? Uh, it Las might be in Las Vegas. It might be in Las Vegas. Yeah. I, I think I, I. Hopefully, they keep it here because of all the revenue that's going to bring in for the city of Tampa, plus the strip clubs that are going to be rocking and rolling, <laughs> the casino that's going to be rocking and rolling. So, um, you know, Nick, James, you know, Tony, what are your thoughts? Do you, do you think the the Super Bowl is safe here in Tampa, or do you think the league might say, you know, COVID is is too rampant in Florida, we might have to move this to somewhere else? Unless there is a legitimate vaccine, the Super Bowl will not be in Tampa. And here's why. WrestleMania was supposed to be in Tampa this past April, which is a billion-dollar revenue for the city, for the area. Uh, brings in millions and millions of dollars, almost billions of dollars. And they decided three weeks before that they weren't going to do the event. Now, granted, cases were jumping at that point in Florida, so that's why they made the decision. Now, I know it's not the same as the NFL, but what I will say is when you have a situation where you are a sports franchise and you are trying to get the job done, but you are going against the city, you're going against the mayor, you're going against health officials, uh, you're not going to win that battle. I don't care how, and they want the Super Bowl to be there. Don't get me wrong, just like they wanted WrestleMania. At, and you, you know what, Josh, I see your comment. You're right, it wasn't the height of the pandemic. Right. But, here's, but here's the problem is that if there is not a vaccine, these numbers are going to continue. We see it going up. It, it's not going down. It's going up. Uh, it's not 100% to me that they're going to play in Tampa. If there is not a vaccine and there are any cases of COVID in the NFL like we expect there will be, don't be surprised when they move the Super Bowl out of Tampa to another site. I'm just telling so the, because the they good did thing we do me. have going though is we are going through our peak now, and the, the, I've read a few articles not to get political or COVID, but we're supposed to peak in September, just like New York has already been past our peak. We but, don't know what a peak think, is. I mean, Nobody knows what a peak is. We could be in a peak five months from down, now. Let's say we're down. We're getting a lot of cases now. We're outdoors. If we're down in October, November, December, they may continue because the other places that haven't had that yet are going to be up. New York City's down. I mean, and they may. I don't want to get into politics yeah, of COVID, but, but I think it, unfortunately I think there's it, a governor that doesn't care. That's just the, that's the problem with Florida right now. Is the governor 
is if there were actions that were taken earlier to curb these numbers because regardless of whether or not you think coronavirus is real these numbers are affecting the things that we're doing in everyday life so if you if the numbers stop then things start to come back and what we've done has kind of i think done the opposite yeah, yeah gonna, gonna real quick real quick Kristen. all right like james the super bowl is going to be played 100 percent in tampa and here's why like like joshua franklin said wrestlemania was at the peak of the pandemic you're comparing april of 2020 to february of 2021 now let's take what Kristen said if there is a vaccine that is actually publicized that will actually cure you not like hydroxychloroquine like hopefully we don't get canceled now but you pronounced it right but also um, but uh they also depending on who could be playing in that super bowl as well is a big deal tom brady hopefully and maybe there won't be fans in the stands but no way in hell is a super bowl not going on in tampa People said that about WrestleMania and Vince McMahon, who is the um, sports entertainment who brings in millions and millions of dollars, just like the NFL does. They said the same thing. And listen, you could sit here and say, well, it was in April. But here's the thing. We don't know what's going to happen in February. You don't know. You you don't know what a peak is with this thing right now. I That's, understand, but comparing WrestleMania what? to the Super Bowl is insane because the, the advertising not, the, no, the advertising the Super Bowl, the tailgating, the the parties. You don't think that happens at WrestleMania? You don't think I that, think that the Super Bowl is a hundred times bigger than WrestleMania. Oh, no, no. I think I, that's very absolutely gorgeous. No, no you're TV way rating, wrong on WrestleMania that. WrestleMania is TV, but like for like people going out and the parties in town, there's not like the, I, um, I, I'm just thinking, I don't know. I there is a, there's, there's a, there's a, there is a week long thing <laughs> with WrestleMania that starts the weekend before. People come from all over the world for WrestleMania. People come to WrestleMania Access, which is every day during the week to meet people, to do meet and greets. WrestleCon is there. Hotels are booming. There are tailgates, yes, at WrestleMania, which is Mania Club does a, a tailgate every year for charity. Stephanie McMahon, who has been there. I'm telling you, you guys are underestimating the value of what WrestleMania brings to an area. But the Super Bowl is real to me, damn it. The Super right, so Bowl is comparable, but I'm just saying, James, I think it's ignorant not to compare. Them. James, you and I typically agree on most things. We do. We typically do. This is where you're wrong. I mean, the, <laughs> the, amount, the amount of revenue that the Super Bowl brings in is probably exponentially larger than what WrestleMania does. It's mu- it's dollar dollar bills. You got to talk about yeah, this commercials. Isn't, this isn't the attitude era anymore. <laughs> yeah, you you got to you got to remember that the the commercials that companies buy for the spots, you got to think about parties that going on. You got to think about the pregame shows going on, the halftime show. Aver- I mean, advertising alone and the TV ratings that that this brings in so much money. If they're going to get Okay, let's let's hypothetically say the NFL goes, "Okay, by this date in October, we have to have something in place where we're going to move the Super Bowl from Tampa to another location. They've got to ba- basically start doing that now because to 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 set that it's set 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 that emotion going. Okay, we got to move it from Tampa to another location. You got to find some place else that's going to want to host it. You got to find some place else that's going to be like, okay, we want to bring in the Super Bowl, but we have to ha- actually risk COVID outbreaks all over the place. I think it. I think it's going to be in Tampa no matter what because by the time we get to that that peak that everybody says it's going to be at. We're go- it's going to be on a down slope, and I think Tampa is going to be safe with having the Super Bowl come in because there's so much money to, to, to be made on the Super Bowl. And uh, look, hey, comparing, go ahead, Nick. Hey, 
I agree hey, with James. Hey. Oh, oh, okay. Is that I didn't expect myself to, but as he was talking, it made more and more sense. So instead of just talking in circles, I decided to do some quick research. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Which means he doesn't agree no, with me. Research. Wrong. No, I do agree with you, James, because <laughs> the revenue from the Super Bowl. So you're going to have what the NFL claims because nobody in their right mind is going to be able to put an actual number to this because it's so it's, the, the amount of subsidies that the NFL receives for the facilities that they use as well. And the money that they don't pay for the the stadiums that go into the city that the city pays for at some point in the past, it, it all if you add all of that together, it looks like Super Bowls make around thirty to one hundred and thirty million dollars for the actual city, according to economist Victor Matheson. In the same vein, WrestleMania, by uh, I don't have the quoted economist here, has generated more than one point three billion dollars over the billion. last thirteen years, which be- comes out to a hundred million dollars steady over per year average. See, this is what you have to look at. You look at two years ago, actually three years ago now. because It, it generates more money doing you right, but not to the city. 100,000 people were in Dallas Cowboys Stadium for WrestleMania 33 or 32. 100,000 people. You will not get that at any Super Bowl, period. None of them. I, I'm looking they're, at. I'm looking at figures for, for, for economic. I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, they have a Super Bowl in Dallas. They're going to get a hundred thousand. There's still not going to be more than I'm, WrestleMania. I'm looking at. I'm looking at. Let's let's just look at Super Bowl Fifty right now. The economic impact for Super Bowl Fifty, 50 versus WrestleMania Thirty One. WrestleMania had th- had 130 my 139 million dollars generated in in economic impact. The Super Bowl had 250 million dollars in economic impact. But again, you're talking about Super Bowl 31. Wait, wait, I, I want to talk about the location. casual fan. No, I said, I said Super Bowl 50. Not economic my, impact. My, like, let me, hold on. My girlfriends who don't give a shit about sports. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> the Super Bowl's going on Tampa. Megan and you know Rachel and all my girlfriends are like, let's go to Tampa. Let's party. Let's tailgate. Let's spend money at these parties. Let's do stuff. My girlfriends are not like, oh, WrestleMania. You know, people, the casual fan, the people, it's a big event. And I, I think WrestleMania, yes, it's a huge thing, especially for nerds and wrestling guys and stuff. And it's on pay per view. Oh, now you're just being and hard. I love you know. nerds. Have you, have you yeah, seen my fiance? He's the biggest nerd of them all. All right, I'm allowed to say it. I'm, I'm engaged with a nerd. See, you so, guys are looking at the overall scope of what I'm talking about, though. See, you guys are just thinking that the Super Bowl is this tailgate day and things like that. No, no, no. no. I'm not, I'm no. Tampa about, has been building stuff for two years because no, of this. No, no, no. I'm saying that WrestleMania books years in advance to go and do these things. This is not – I'm not just talking about – and even after WrestleMania is done, there's Raw, there's SmackDown. There are all of these things that go on for at least two weeks before and after WrestleMania is over. And, and I'm not – listen, I'm sure the NFL brings in more. I'll under, I understand that. But all I'm saying, and even ticket prices are, are better at WrestleMania than they are the Super Bowl. But what I am saying is, and this is what I was getting at the question, is will Tampa have the Super Bowl? And, and I don't see how you could be 100% about anything right now. Because this I'm is- telling you, if the numbers continue to go up like they are in Florida, they're not going to do it. I'm just this is actually you. a really great conversation because yeah. what perfect scenario do we have where we had WrestleMania and the Super Bowl in the same year of a global pandemic? So we're really exactly. actually when it's all done or like within a year of each other. So it's actually a really great conversation. Maybe like we, we should are have we're a live let's, case. Let's uh, right now. let's do a Twitter poll. Let somebody have that put on Twitter right now. And actually, let's well, just let's go around the horn. Percentage do you think that the Super Bowl will happen in Tampa this year? Nick, ten. James, um, just because I'll go. 40. I'll go 40%. That's pretty high, actually. Tony? I have a question. Are the Buccaneers going to let in fans to start the season? 
As of right now, no. They As of right now, no. Yeah, as of right they now, no. Not. Until there will be no shop being a shit show. I, I don't see anybody doing anything. 2020% yes that the, that they will let people into the Super Bowl. Been hanging with JP. And the Super Bowl we played in Tampa. <laughs> been hanging with JP. I'm gonna go with 100. <laughs> right. It's played in. It's 100 played in Tampa if there's a Super Bowl because no other city's been building up for this. I mean, if there's a Super Bowl, it's going to be played in Tampa. 100%. Well, no, we can't even really build up for this right now. It's a, it's no, a- they've been building it. If you go to downtown Tampa, they're making parking lots. They're making things. There's cranes. And I'm stuck with my sister who lives in Tampa. And she said, oh, they're doing that because of the Super Bowl. They're doing that. They're building this because of the Super Bowl. Just like Tokyo or any Olympic city, they build things for this. And so I don't see any other city being like, yeah, Indianapolis is just like, we can take it. Um, like they weren't ready. Weren't they're not the ready. Olympics canceled, if I remember right? They're postponed. Postponed. They're not ready. They didn't move it to another city. It's just postponed. percent um, because I expect Florida to continue to have a lot of people with strippers sneezing on them, giving them COVID. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> as long as they have That's it, all you can eat. You spend $1,000 in 10 minutes. Let's Sex go. workers, sorry, not strippers. <laughs> Sex workers. I don't need. Oh, Bushman, what's your percentage? I, I'm going to go 75%. 75%. 75%. All right, better question. Right. If they don't play it in Tampa, no. where do they play it? Like you, like you see, that's saying. what yeah. that is the interesting question is where would you even play it? Would you play it in the. Because again, if the home team plays, if Tampa Bay goes and they're the home team, well, then what are you, uh, you know, do you then, know where they'll probably have it because Jerry Jones would be like, "Hey, yo, let's have it over in Dallas. Yeah, let's have it over here. Let's have it over in Dallas." That's and then that's, Bill Belichick will be. We should have it in New York. Because you, you got to look at it this way: if 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 Tampa is a no go, you're going to have a city that goes. You know what? We're not a hot zone for COVID. We'll have it here, and we'll we'll, we'll generate and, revenue and for our state, city and our state. And the so, governor has to approve it too. The governor yeah. has to say, "Hey, this you can come to They're us." Also, this is like saying that the Super Bowl is supposed to be in Giant Stadium, but that, like the Bills are it's supposed to be in the Bills Stadium because New York City is a hotbed. Miami is in Broward County is a hotbed, and we're getting grouped in that. Tampa is not as bad. It's just like saying you're canceling out of Buffalo because New York City is bad. Pinellas I mean, it's is really- not bad. Pinellas is not bad. Tampa is not great, but Pinellas is not bad. I know, but, but a lot of most of these cases are coming from the Miami Broward, Miami Dade area, where Sarasota County, where mm-hmm. I live, is very, very low. And so that's the thing. That's just like saying Buffalo is the same as New York City. I think that you look at the actual counties and stuff. And the NFL has been planning for this. And the NFL loves money. They're not going to cancel it. See, I agree with you that they've been planning it. I just don't. I don't agree with the notion that it's based on what we're dealing with right now, which. Nobody can seem to give a straight answer as to what we're dealing right. with right now. There is uh, there is not a hundred percent for me for anything after what happened. In, in True, April. and who are we? We're not professional analysts. No, we're not. Yeah, I'm just talking out of my ass yeah. for real. So we're we're in agreement. We're in agreement that we could probably just saw off Miami and a whole Broward County and just let them go. It's like I'll just do it in the water, water right eventually anyway. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> well, I, I put a, if you if you guys are watching right now, you can go on Twitter. I put a Twitter poll up. Will the, the Super Bowl be played in Tampa this year? Yeah, uh, we've already, we've already got one vote for no as of right now. So it's uh, like it was James. No, it was not me. No, actually, I got mad because I was <laughs> typing it out and then I saw Bushman posted it. Me, well, I'm quick. I'm, 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 quick. I'm quick. I did quick it on my phone and it died. Sorry. I'm quick on the typing. So. All right, guys. Well, this has been a great show for tonight. I want to thank our guests, uh, Jay Gauze and also Kevin Weiss, for joining us on the show. Of course, if you go to manscaped.com, make sure to type in the code SC2020 to get 20% off and free shipping. Uh, 
we will all be getting our, our lawnmowers tomorrow. James has already had his first-hand experience of shaving his, his huevos. Uh, but uh, you will be probably seeing videos from us of our unboxing experiences, and then we'll probably come on and, and tell you about how uh, Manscaped is probably one of the best premier uh, items out there to get yeah, right you now. You have to preface that with there will, we will be unboxing our videos are unboxing on video because I was thinking a video of you shaving your balls. No, 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 no. I'm that. not, not <laughs> doing that. I'll do a before yeah. and after, but I won't do it. Oh, no, no, we won't do that. No. I, I will be the testament and we can get Paige on and, you know, Victoria and all your well, wives and girlfriends on to be a testament. Maybe we can do a girl show one day just talk about it. I, I like that idea, Chris. I mean, cool. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that idea. Uh, so, okay. All right. Well, of course, uh, this has been Sports Caffeine at Night. You can find us again on Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook Live and also Periscope. Make sure to stream us on fanstreamsports.com and also download the app to stream us as well. And you can also stream us on uh, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. For myself, Phil Bushman, Nick, James, Kristen, and Tony, we will see you uh, next week in a sports cat. Or see you on Thursday, not next week. We'll see you on Thursday, we are out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Sports Caffeine. Available for streaming on fanstreamsports.com and Fanstream Sports, the app.